0: Well, hello. This is William Brooks with EQ4E, Essential Questions for Educators podcast here on Spotify, also on Apple, Amazon. And I think there's another platform or two out there that I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, those are the three main ones. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I am Still on the road, you can probably hear by the audio, my last podcast was recorded in a Starbucks parking lot in Kauai, Hawaii. This podcast is being recorded in Omaha, Nebraska, working in Omaha Public Schools and excited to continue a relationship that started two springs ago and it looks like I am back again for the 2024-2025 school year in Omaha serving a particular large high school in Omaha. Guys, this high school has seven levels, seven floors. (laughs) Let me explain. It is not a skyscraper. It is a main floor and it goes up three levels. So there is a two, three, and fourth level. And then they have a basement with two sub-basements. So ground floor up four, basement, and then down two more. Uh, the answer to the trivia question is 165. That is how many steps it is from the bottom floor all the way to the top. I had to do it once. I had to do it once. And so I, uh, I made a run at it and, uh, stopped a couple times on the way up. But those, I guess those stair climber days, uh, served me well. All right. So, um, before I get, Onto the topic for today, uh, want to uh, ask you to uh, either say a prayer, light a candle, meditate, have a moment of silence. Uh, there is a, a a special teacher here. He he is a new teacher. He's a youngin. I mean, he's a man, <laughs> but you know, when you're fifty-four, you know, when you're in your mid-fifties, these these kids that start teaching, uh, he's in his first five years. And I was asking about him yesterday and apparently he was in a really bad car accident last week and he was like we're 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 talking pins medically induced comas things like that and and this this kid was special to me because he would he would stay after my meetings uh my professional development meetings whether it was professional learning communities or or other meetings and he would always pick my brain he'd be like okay so you know, you know, what do you think about this? And, you know, this is how I did this lesson. You know, do you see any enhancements, any enhancements there for the future? Or I've got this thing coming up, you know, what are your thoughts on? And, and I was asked by one of the people that I work with to maybe come up with a list of very willing, able, but, but, but mostly willing teachers to grow and to reflect with some instructional coaches, some deans, uh, maybe some assistant principals here that are getting some, some training. And I said, yeah, well, you know, what about so-and-so and, oh, you haven't heard. So that, uh, that was uh, tough on me, but he is certainly in my, in my prayers. And I'm going to reach out to him as soon as he's still in the hospital. And I, I don't know if he's woken up yet, but uh, anyway, um, thank you. If, uh, if you can give any, any type of thoughts, his direction. All right. So uh, what I want to talk about today, I, I don't think it will take that long. I, you know, I mentioned instructional coaches earlier and deans and whatnot, and they are starting to get back into the process post-COVID of coaching, coaching teachers, helping them to reflect on instruction and to move forward. So I've been asked to design as part of my work here at this school next year some instructional coach training and i've done instructional coach training before i did it with uh, mid missouri uh, kansas city area uh, instructional coaches They're about 30 or 40 in that training i've i've done instructional coach training in a variety of school districts and it's something that i can definitely squeeze in to my consulting work in different schools districts as I move forward well I was asked to do this and so uh, I you know when I was asked what the approach was I said well you know what kind of training have they gotten and you know it's pretty simple pretty straightforward it's you know start with an empathetic response and then and then get into some constructivist type thinking and, and offer advice and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I said, okay, I I think I have some, you know, two things that I want to talk about that would be the core of what I would train instructional coaches to do. One I've done a podcast on before, it is the helping protocol. And this is, and I should probably have looked up which podcast it was, but if, if you go back to uh, I, I have this on my blog for essential questions for educators.com. I did a podcast on it. It's, you know, it, it, I don't even remember the title. It had something to do with the act of helping isn't always helpful, or there's a difference between helping and being helpful, something to that effect. And it's based off of some work by the late Edgar Schein, and uh, he was an MIT uh, Sloan school, uh, professor for decades, uh, fascinating life history. And he passed away in January of 2023, but I was able to learn from him and kind of make it my own, uh, this protocol. And, and this has to do with people when they come, and I, I'm just going to give a brief description cause I did a whole podcast on it. But when people come to you, when people approach you for help, whether it's directions somewhere, whether it's, your kid asking how to do the laundry or how to make grilled cheese sandwiches or a teacher asking for help, a counselor, an administrator, whatever the case is. I learned from Edgar Schein that the first step is to take a, take a stance of humble inquiry and have humble inquiry throughout the whole process. And it's, you know, an elevator speech of it is is try not to jump in and offer solutions too quickly. Help help the people best by helping them find a new trailhead, a new path to explore that they discover on their own through you guiding them through the process. I, I'm not going to go into that, but that's there's a podcast, there is a blog post on this, and I do trainings on this as as well. If anybody's interested, you can go to my. Uh, website and uh, for a variety of different trainings through the American Alliance for Innovative Systems (AAIS), you can, uh, if you are so inclined, you can reach out to them, aais.us. dot u s. But anyway, I digress. That is the first piece that I am going to train this group on, uh, or in conjunction with being more proactive. So that's kind of a reactive situation when someone comes and asks for help. Uh, that humble inquiry process, and it's just three steps, and it's not always three steps. It could just be one step. The other piece, kind of the new piece that I haven't talked a ton about in the past, I learned through my training as a cognitive coach. I went to the official base level cognitive coach training, and that's from Robert Garmston and Art Costa. Garmston and Costa are very uh, popular in the education world, they—I've learned a ton from them, and I learned uh, the cognitive coaching process about ten or fifteen years ago. Now it has it, been a minute. I was actually on a website this morning looking for a refresher course, or if I could help a facilitator uh, with the training. Uh, so I'm going to look into that. But there are five states of mind that when I am proactively helping someone, you know, in, in well, let's just focus in on a coaching situation when I'm being an instructional coach, there are five states of mind that I'm trying to gauge and this takes time. This is a 40, like the whole cognitive coaching process is a 40 hour workshop experience that is over 12 to 18 months. And, you know, I'll we'll go for two days and there'll be six weeks and then two more days and then six weeks or maybe even two months in between sessions because you need to practice this stuff. But to distill it a little bit, the five states of mind that I'm filtering through of the teacher that I am coaching. The first one, and this is in no particular order, is efficacy. How much... Belief and drive do they have like I can do this, I can figure this out i 'm going to do what 's best for kids i you know I can make this happen to oversimplify efficacy <laughs> so it's it's that personal efficacy the next the second state of mind i 'm gauging is flexibility. How are they able to shift and pivot in the moment? How well are they able to Uh, change on a dime. Uh, I, I think I talked about this in the last podcast about how if your plan is to do a mini lecture and you realize, man, I could really get them in groups and do a chalk talk, do some type of strategy or routine. Can you shift in that moment? How flexible are you based on the conditions, the climate, of the room on, on how it's going. Can you pull out from an activity and go into some mini lectures? Those are just two examples of flexibility. The third state of mind is consciousness. How self-aware are you of how it is going? How, how, you know, which leads into flexibility, the ability to be flexible, but what is your awareness like? Are you tone deaf to what's going on in your classroom? Are you just going to just bowl your way through a lesson? How about after the lesson? How reflective are you? How are you tweaking it? How are you making changes? So I'm, I'm always looking at the teacher's efficacy, their flexibility, and their consciousness. Probably where I start when i first start coaching is number 4 and that is craftsmanship now craftsmanship initially has to do with the design of the experience for the students that what what does the lesson design look like what is being considered is it you know are are there a variety of mental cognitive social shifts that are embedded within a block or even a 45 60 minute class period what type of craftsmanship is go what's in the tool bag what are you doing to increase your craftsmanship how how i guess this goes into reflection as well how are you reflecting refining and then going back and repeating a strategy so what is the craftsmanship level uh, like and then finally this is probably the other uh, state of mind I start with. So I, I guess I put those at the end. Uh, the, the, the fourth one is craftsmanship. The fifth one and final one is interdependence. How are you accessing your resources? How are you collaborating? How are you able to work with others? That is a super important element that will help, that, that will benefit someone's career for some time to come so yeah again the five states of mind that I'm going to train and that I often train an instructional coaches in and there's a whole cognitive coaching process and this gets at a, a you know well I, I think it kind of gets at the heart at it but there's different conversations that you have in cognitive coaching whether it's you know reflective or planning you know what what, what type of conversation you're having is there an issue that's being uh, solved but Really, the initial training has to do with not only that helping protocol, but efficacy, flexibility, consciousness, craftsmanship, and interdependence. So that's that's what I'm going to work with, and that's what I'm excited to put together, uh, re-put together a training. I've done multiple trainings on this, but uh, you know how how would this look over the course of a year? Which I did gosh, 10 years ago now in in a school district for instructional coaches. But I want to rethink about it, practice my craftsmanship, and come up with an outstanding instructional coach training. The interesting thing about this school is I am also not only going to work with deans and instructional coaches and maybe even assistant principals on this instructional coaching technique, but I'm also going to work with department heads so i will have meetings with department heads in in conjunction or maybe well probably in addition to uh, that that first group and i'm going to train them in those techniques as well so really trying to build a system some supports uh, so that we 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 get a school that is a that is a culture of continuous improvement that is embracing that and and then As any good consultant will do, kind of over time, back away slowly. And hopefully the impact that I've had with this school uh, continues. Hey, if you are an administrator or you're a teacher, teacher leader, I guess all teachers are leaders, and you're interested in instructional coach training of kind of what I briefly described here, you can always reach out, aais.us. You won't get me directly. I mean, you can uh, contact me directly. But I've got all sorts of contact information on the website, essentialquestionsforeducators.com. dot com. But I am definitely available for small trainings, large trainings, whatever the case might be. Uh, just reach out. But in the meantime, I hope you're enjoying this uh, podcast. This is a quick one. I, let me check the time. I always check the time. Oh, it's not that quick. I'm <laughs> almost sixteen minutes. So I, I just get going. I get going. So. I thank you for listening, and if uh, you have any questions, uh, don't ever hesitate to reach out. I hope you guys have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. All right, take care, everybody.